Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Welcome to the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. With special sauce and juicy beef, grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. Evening, welcome to the Macca's Run. Jordan Canellis with you for another night here on SEN, filling in for Sam Hargraves. Good to be in your company here on a Wednesday night. You can send us a text, as always, for temper, a mattress like no other, 0433981116. Give us a call. For the Harcourts open line, your move, your Harcourts. That number is 1300 736 736. The Maccas are on four Maccas. Try classic Angus at Maccas today. It's been a pretty heavy news day, and we will touch on the uh, on the main story of the day in just a moment. But coming up on the program tonight, we'll also uh, have a look at what's been happening elsewhere in the world of sport. There's been a bit of football news happening in the uh, the round ball game, that is. Uh, the Commonwealth Games continued on this morning with a great moment for the Aussies in the pool, one of many, uh, really, over the last week, but a, a particularly great moment in the women's 100-metre freestyle. There's been a bit of news in the Formula One world, which I'll, uh, I'll touch on, and also baseball as well from a, uh, from a media and broadcasting perspective. Later on this hour, we'll have a chat with Tommy Haylock from Betfair to do our Brownlow lowdown and get the latest on what's happening uh, from those markets, thanks to Betfair. But the major topic of the day has been Eddie Betts' revelations in his new book. So chapters in his book released today titled The Boy from Boomerang Crescent, elaborates on the Crows' pre-season camp of 2018 and other methods that were used during the 2017 season. Betts uh, outlines in the book how the techniques in the pre-season camp were distressing, for example, being blindfolded, confronted with weapons, having abuse hurled at them, among others, how trust was betrayed when confidential information about a a player's private life and family history were almost weaponized against them in these uh, in these methods and techniques and how culturally significant indigenous rituals and practices were also used inappropriately a snapshot of it is there to read in Jack Lattimore's piece on the age which came out last night and more broadly in Eddie's book which was released today a brief reading of what happened at this camp is i think it's enough to come to a conclusion that these practices were a bit cultish which I guess some of them which we'd already known for for a couple of years we might have already gathered that um, in that time uh, that word cults was or cultish or cult-like was articulated as such by Eddie Betts's wife Anna the focus the one that I was sort of pricked my ears up was the focus on being more manly which was used repeatedly to somehow justify the um, the 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 goings-on with this pre-season camp on top of being strange, two questions I, I or two points I raised from this observations maybe. Why didn't the leaders at Adelaide, so the coaches, officials in the football department, etc., at the time, in the moment that they were in this camp, how did they not step in and apply common sense to stop these absurd techniques? How would they have not have seen 
what was happening and how their players were being affected by it, but just how odd some of these techniques were, whether they were distressing or not. They don't, from what has been outlined, we haven't got the full um, picture of what happened in every moment, every hour of the day. So maybe there were a lot of uh, great practices and um, and team building moments that actually benefited the Crows. But from the ones that were a little off colour, uh, why wasn't there an official or an authority from the Crows side of things to step in? And the other one, so the, the second point is, so peddling this manliness in these scenarios with these techniques does nothing to help with our awareness of what toxic masculinity means and how it presents. Since when did not showering and swearing at one another build you as a man? That's what happened on this camp. That's juvenile boyish behaviour. The AFL's lack of action to address properly what happened four years ago reflects horrifically on them as an organisation, as it does for the same reasons the Adelaide Football Club. Today's apology by the Crows came far too late. Betts' recollection is not the first we've heard about this either, so why is it being addressed so pointedly today? Is it because Betts is Indigenous and the AFL and Adelaide don't want to come across as racist? Or is it because Eddie is a fan favourite and it's bad publicity to see a darling of the sport hurt? Why doesn't why didn't the AFL address this with the players and protect them from what was going on at the time? As Mark Robinson wrote in the Herald Sun today, Eddie Betts spoke to the AFL in their integrity unit about this. Seemingly nothing was done. More specifically, why didn't they help the Indigenous players who were clearly affected by the misappropriation of their culture exercises, which were wildly off target? If the AFL want to continue to champion the Indigenous pioneers of the sport and celebrate the great moments with Sir Douglas Nichols round and the Indigenous Guernseys and everything else, they also have to help protect the culture of our Indigenous stars and the athletes involved in the game. AFL is one of the most watched industries in Australia where Indigenous Australians are prevalent. And the AFL has a duty in both the public eye and in private to help be a custodian to their customs. Indigenous footballers shouldn't be there for tokenism and PR. The good parts are good. Indigenous round, as I said, all the smiling faces of the community, community involvement, the crowd shots on TV when they play games up in Darwin and the Alice Springs. And they should care about the bad parts when their players are hurt by moments like this for Eddie Betts and his teammates, like Adam Goods was, like Robert Muir was historically, and like countless others. Evidently, there was a lack of care. The camp might not have broken any rules legally, hence why investigations and other private deep dives have returned no adverse results, and assumptively that's the reason why it's been swept aside by the AFL, the Crows, the AFLPA and other parties involved, but general and mental well-being is paramount. It's 2022, we know a lot more about these topics now than we ever have, and it's been ignored. Mark Robinson's elaborations hit the nail on the head from what it means from an emotional perspective. 0433 98 11 16 if you'd like to send through a text on the Temper text machine. Temper, a mattress like no other. Your calls welcome on the Harcourt's open line. For all things real estate, speak to Harcourt's 1300 736 736. Jordan Canellos with you tonight on the Macca's run. 100% Aussie Angus and Chunky Tomato Relish. Try the mighty Angus at Macca's. Here's what was said on the station today. Uh, about this scenario off the back of Eddie Betts' book uh, release today and the excerpts from it. Here's Gary Lyon on Breakfast This Morning. These camp people want to speak to you and they say, you know, step aside from everyone else and privately we want you to um, have a conversation where you are open and vulnerable. Mm. This is not black or white. This is about Mm. my own life as if it Mm. was me. Mm. And I do. And I go, okay, in terms of building me as a better player and a leader, I'll share and I'll, you know, I'll give you these, 
you know, really mm. sensitive things that to me are important. And then to have that thrown back in my face, that's not cultural for me. Now, how it affects me mm. and someone else might be different based on culture, but that's a betrayal for me. The bottom line is we're on the, ba- on the basis of this and what we hear now and what Eddie is speaking, then I'm not surprised that it ripped the joint apart. Gary Lyon on Breakfast This Morning, Kane Corns on SENSA Breakfast, had this to say. The Adelaide media has smashed Sam McClure and Caroline Wilson. I mean, Stephen Rowe, David Pemberthy, my old man, have smashed them to the point of, of ridicule. And you know, I think their stories are all justified, as well as you know, the Crows fans have done the same thing. I mean, go back and read a few of the tweets from Crows fans at the time when The Age did apologise to this. So how... How are they going to deal with that? Because, Rue, we now do have a blow-by-blow account and it's pretty harrowing that um, your second or most popular player in the club's history was was treated like an animal, really. That's how he was treated on this camp. So expectations from me, is it is it a, an address to the media? I don't know. I think, do you think? I think they'll just say, look, it was a long time ago. We felt like we've dealt with it. Um, we're sad that he feels that way, but, but we're looking to, to move forward and make sure we don't make the same mistakes. That's, that's how I feel it will be. But, I mean, if, you, if you're going to go pull out some of the audio at the time, I, I think it's embarrassing for, you know, for Rory and Tex to now hear that that was a, a well-rehearsed line, that they were all told and indoctrinated in to say that it had made them a, a better father and husband and child. And um, to, to see Eddie Betts... Now, relay that. That was actually rehearsed. It doesn't paint Rory in his leadership in great light, I don't think. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of egg on face from Crow supporters from the footy club and from a, a few players that were there. And Kane also spoke about the parts that uh, struck him most when reading uh, Eddie Betts' comments. The question is that all the people that have defended the camp and said that there's nothing that's gone on, including the Crows fans, including Mark Rusciuto, including the club, what do they do now after... Details have been revealed that you know Eddie Betts was abused about his mother on, on this camp. Um, so the, the, the saddest thing for me is that I tweeted this last night. For, for me, the two most popular players at Adelaide are Modra and Betts. Like n- no one made the Adelaide Oval stand up when they went near the football in Crows history, like Eddie Betts. No one has been more popular. If you're walking down the street, who wants anyone's autograph? It's Eddie Betts. So for me, and I know it's subjective and McLeod and Rashida and all of that, but that's the echelon that Eddie Betts has held in. To read how he was treated by his own football club, which he is an icon of, that was the saddest part for me. Now, so there was Kane Corns on SENSA Breakfast this morning. 0433981116 if you'd like to send through your text messages. There's been a couple of texts over the course of the day, uh, not only on the, the ones I'm seeing now, but I've been here for a couple of hours and have been reading the texts coming through uh, even when uh, Bob and Andy were on. People asking the question, why, uh, why don't we just get over it? Why don't we move on? It was four years ago. The reason we're not moving on, the reason that we're not or that we shouldn't get over it is because, well, it's not about getting over it. Yes, time heals all wounds, and yes, it was four years ago, and that might that might be the case for some individuals involved, that they have moved on and they don't feel hurt by it anymore. So maybe some still do. But it's not just about that. It's about talking about why it wasn't addressed by the league or the club at the time. It comes back to integrity and action by the AFL and by the Adelaide Crows, or the lack of action and the fact that the well-being of these players was ignored. This is a big industry. It's a big public industry in the eyes of many Australians all around the country, in every state, in every part. A lot of different cultures and peoples are involved. And when you have 
uh, an organisation as big as that, it is it is incumbent on the league to actually to 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 hold responsibility in protecting their players because a it is a big industry, but also being a pioneer of sort. Um, and when moments like this arise, the action isn't to sweep it under the rug. And we heard, we knew about this. We've known about this for years. We've known about this that something happened at this camp. We've heard. We've been drip fed little bits and pieces of of uh, information of what happened and what practices went on. And players were clearly disturbed by it. I'm a believer just in in um, not this situation specifically, but just in general. I'm a believer in when, where there's smoke, there's fire. I think if something happens, you can generally track it down to something bigger that might be a little bit more hidden. And so if you sort of apply that to here, when there's smoke, there's fire. So there, there would have been we, – we knew that something happened and the AFL chose to, to do not much about it really and it kind of just got left and hoped that it would – subside and the AFL could not really deal with it directly or that's anyway that's my assumption from the outside it sort of seems like that anyway as we find out more and more about what happened at this camp it becomes more and more appalling and this should be about holding those who are responsible to account because it doesn't feel like it doesn't seem like that that has happened there doesn't seem to be much accountability that's being held here so as we learn more about it and yes it's you know the more we learn about it the more time will have passed because it all is very slow to to come out but when it does come out and when new information is is um is revealed to us like it is with eddie betts's book it does become more appalling and and the question becomes more pertinent as why nothing was done at the time and that reflects really poorly on the league and the administrators who are involved in uh, in well from the i'm saying i'm saying the league but it's really everyone that's involved the league the club the officials at adelaide the aflpa as well they have a big responsibility on player welfare and well-being and nothing was done about it that's why it's important yeah okay they, the players might be over it now but that doesn't excuse what happened at the time. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. A couple of your calls. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Uh, Trav is with us. Hello, Trav. What's up? Yeah, g'day, mate. How you going? I'm good. What are your thoughts? Um, look, just the whole yeah, where you're saying about people get over it. Well, first of all, yeah, it happened a long time ago, but no one actually knew what was going on. No one knew the severity or, or what was being said and how it was being said or, or what the players were put through. We're just Everyone was just sort of left in the dark. Um, and whether it be Eddie Betts, who is probably the, one of the most famous outside the Riolis, I guess, Indigenous players, or a first-year player, um, it doesn't matter. Um, the, the, the bar's been set for a long time and Adelaide and the AFL have, have clearly just tried sweeping this under the rug. Um and that's why a lot of people are obviously up in arms too, because it's absolutely disgusting. And if this was any other workplace, uh, we're we're talking straight to the courts, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's massive. And and some players may have over it. Um, I, there's probably a few that will never get over it. And um, I think it's good that it's actually finally come out, so people can see exactly what happened. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, if 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 situations like this. Um, if if the if the authorities that are involved and the ones that should be enacting on on this and addressing this, if they are able to get away with it this time, then who's to say they would not get away with it the next time or would be able to get away? It's it's about you know being able to action it now and setting an example or setting a precedent for the future for when moments like this happen and hoping that 
you know, almost, yeah, holding holding those authorities to account to actually do something about it and setting that precedent so that if there is something that happens similar down the track, well, then they get held to account as well in that hypothetical future occasion. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, cheers for taking a call, mate, and you have a good night, and yeah, I'm sure you'll get probably uh, the same response um, over and over. So um, let's hope this gets sorted out quickly. Cheers. Thank you, Trav. I appreciate it. Uh, 0433981116. A couple of text messages coming through as well, which I'll get to. On the other side of this, the Maccas run for Maccas. Try Classic Angus at Maccas today. Jordan Canellis with you on SEN this Wednesday night. And uh, old habits die hard. Stu, yes, I think I said Bob and Andy before. I meant Andy and Gazy. Poor Gazy, says Stu off the text. I'm sorry, Andrew Gaze. Uh, I think I said Bob and Andy. My bad. We'll come back. Macca's run continues next. Welcome to the Macca's run with Sam Hargraves. With special sauce and juicy beef, grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. Jordan Canellis here with you on the Macca's run. 433 off the text machine for temper, a mattress like no other, a couple that have come through. As a psychologist, I can tell you that the way uh, you manage a traumatic event immediately uh, is immediately after it occurs is the absolute most important factor in dealing with a traumatic event. That's why uh, this is important to revisit because it was handled terribly. Uh, they wouldn't be over it. Trauma needs therapy, therapy, not just time, says one off the text, which is a uh, it's the one that stood out to me. Uh, I'm a Crows fan and have been frustrated by the denial and dismissal of this issue for years. If they had have owned up and worked towards resolution straight after it happened, we'd be a better club right now. Rue is the cultural leader at the club and needs to be held responsible. Another text says, Caro was bang on. She had direct and confidential access to a former Crow staffer who was present and directly impacted by the camp. The witch hunt that ensued internally at the club was brutal. Uh, another text says, not to mention this is straight-up racism, using an Indigenous player's damage pass for what? Disgrace. And Michael from Vermont says, the Adelaide Football Club are responsible uh, for what has happened at the camp by employing the people involved, such as psychologists, etc., who employed these methods on the players. Looks like the club has tried to sweep this under the carpet. Michael from Vermont. Uh, the AFLPA has actually just released a statement in the last couple of minutes um, statement attributed to AFLPA CEO Paul Marsh. This was released or hit my inbox at uh, eight minutes past 6pm tonight, so just over 10 minutes ago. The details outlined by Eddie Betts in his new book about the 2018 Adelaide Crows training camp are extremely concerning and difficult to read. We commend Eddie on the courage he's shown in telling his story and are troubled by the ongoing hurt caused to Eddie and his family. Much of the information detailed in Eddie's book about the camp is new information to the AFLPA, and we are extremely concerned about this information on three levels. Firstly, the lack of psychological safety afforded to the entire playing group. Secondly, the cultural appropriation of Indigenous artefacts. And thirdly, the deliberate gathering of confidential information on players for the purpose of harmfully misusing this information. At the time that's... uh, Pardon me. At the time that some details of the camp started to emerge, the AFLPA spoke to a number of Adelaide players about the camp. What we now believe is clear from our discussions with those players and the information contained in Eddie's book is that the players uh, felt pressured into remaining silent about the details of the camp. On the back of the new information that has emerged, the AFLPA will be contacting all Adelaide players from 2018 to seek a better understanding of the details of the camp and any individual issues that may have arisen from it. That's the AFLPA's uh, statement issued by its CEO, Paul Marsh, from just a couple of minutes ago. So the AFLPA about to take more action, uh, or about to take action perhaps for the first time on this by contacting some of those players. 
We've only got a couple of minutes to go here on the Macca's Run. We'll have uh, Tommy Haylock from Betfair with us after half past to do the Brownlow lowdown. So in the meantime, a couple of little bits and pieces from around the sporting world. Ernie Merrick, I'm going to change topics here and go to soccer. Ernie Merrick has become Football Australia's Chief Football Officer in a role that will have him oversee the transformation of Australia's technical direction and football development, which was how Football Australia put it in their statement. And this all comes at a crucial time for football in this country as we approach the men's edition of the World Cup in November and then the Women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand in 2023. And we will look to find hopefully an everlasting legacy from that tournament next year onwards into the future. The implementation of a national second division is ever imminent. Transfer rules are becoming more relaxed around players moving in the A-League and overseas, and the domestic match calendar looks to become more unified. Ernie Merrick has been involved in Australian football for about 50 years and knows the landscape better than most with his involvement in the state leagues, the NSL, elite youth pathways, the A-League, New Zealand football as well with his time at the Wellington Phoenix and in Asia with his time as the Hong Kong national team coach. Part of his remit will be the development of players and coaches, which the latter being extremely pertinent for Australian football if our desire to grow technically as a footballing nation is serious, and the junior and senior national teams, which is also critical as they are the ultimate representation of what our football is. Ernie himself has said, and I quote, to increase the production of world-class Australian players, we need to review our football curriculum and development programs to benchmark ourselves against top-ranking nations. Training alone is not enough to develop elite performers and prepare them for Australia's national teams. So I personally look forward to what he is able to muster as the uh, as the chief football officer in Australian football. Molly O'Callaghan, the 18-year-old, took gold in the women's 100-metre freestyle this morning, denying Emma McKeon yet another gold medal, but standing herself as one of our best swimmers at the moment, Molly O'Callaghan. And what a performance from Shana Jack as well. A great moment for her to take silver in the race. And one of the images of these games from an Aussie perspective was the three of them, arms aloft, having just gotten out of the pool. And uh, a, a valet to Vin Scully, uh, the former LA Dodgers um, and Brooklyn Dodgers, that's how long he was in the uh, in the chair for, commentator. One of the greatest ever commentators in world sport. Perhaps the greatest ever baseball commentator. It's probably either him or Jack Buck. And, uh, and one of the greatest commentators to do it ever. In any sport around the world, no argument, full stop. He passed away today at the age of 94. One of the greatest ever. So rest in peace to Vin Scully. That's been the Macca's Run. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91.